What up, everybody? I'm Ant. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host. Introduce yourself, sir. That's Tyler Peters. And as always, it's just a joy to be with you on the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast. Let's do this thing. Let's kill the show. Um, so we are here covering the Attitude Years, episode 35. Holy cannoli, 35 episodes. That's hard to believe. 35 already? 35. Now, I'm, I'm not going to be 35 for long, I, I, so I need to enjoy it while I can. Yeah, that's important um, because, you know, 35. What happens at 35? Is that like a special number? Is there some sort of like relevance to it? Or 35 is just like a, a year of, of, of good stuff? Maybe? It's a year of good stuff. I uh, can't complain. It's been a good year. There is some reverence to it. It's just that representing that I'll be a year older. And it's just time goes by fast. So when you mentioned 35, it correlated with my actual age. So I, I don't know. It's We're learning are... about Tyler and biography, age 35. <laughs> it's actually, um, uh, I did contact A&E because it wasn't entertaining enough. So. Yeah. <laughs> age 35. Well, like Carlos, not Carlos, not Carlos, you're Tyler, hi. Wait a minute, where's Carlos? I don't know where Carlos. I actually, uh, you, you see me, I don't know what happened, because uh, you know, the ladies, want to, they love that guy, so. Um, yeah, all ladies love cool Carlos. Um, oh, they do. So, we are covering Bra is War from June 29th, 1998, the night after a crazy, insane, over-the-top king of the ring. And so let's talk about what happens with this show. We start out and Vince McMahon walks down to the ring and uh, he walks down with Sergeant Slaughter and Gerald Briscoe and the WWF title is in a glass case. There's like, isn't there like a red, um, fucking, what would you call it? Yeah, like there, a, there is. I don't know what you call it, but like I, a I carpet. know what you're saying. Yeah, like um, a carpet. That, that's yeah. perfect. That's exactly what I was going to say. What it was. <laughs> We'll just call it that. Who cares? Uh, yeah, I guess it was a carpet. So Vince says, it gives me great pride to be here. Oh, happy day. We have a new WWF champion. Today marks the dawning of a new era here in the WWF, an era of respect and civility. A giant breath of fresh air has cleansed the World Wrestling Federation. I give you a champion for the new millennium. I give you. Yeah, you guys said in that Vince McMahon voice. Hey, one could not take away Vince McMahon's importance as a character. I mean, you got to give it up to uh, Mr. McMahon, as Gerald Briscoe would say. And just all these segments were just fun to watch, entertaining, man. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, my question here is, is Kane really the champion for the new millennium? I mean, if this is what the new millennium is going to look like, I'm kind of scared. Um I, I'm not sure, but I, I think they were just playing into the Undertaker storyline and Austin fit with uh, McMahon, and that, that's all I got because I, I'm with you. If this represents where we're heading, I'm scratching my head a little bit, but eventually it, it started making sense later on. Well, we are talking about Mr. McMahon, so maybe this, you know, his idea of good well, stuff. Well, he is a unique uh, person, uh, individual, certainly. And uh, Paul Bear uh, beaming with pride was always he was so happy. Yeah, yeah, well, he he does. Paul Bear says the WWF is a place where dreams can come true. I was there for twenty long years. I watched my son dream. I told Kane, "You can be better than the Undertaker." He was ridiculed, but tonight, Undertaker, for the first time, you are standing in the shadow of your little brother. True fact. 
Um, no, he's speaking the truth. He he's sharing uh, the gospel of Paul Bearer. I couldn't agree more. The mortician, the gospel of the mor- mortuary. Um, there you go. So Vince says it gives me great honor to put the title around your waist, and that's when Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. And Stone Cold says the whole world knows that that big son of a bitch didn't bust me open. The Undertaker busted me open. I want a rematch with Kane tonight. All you have to do is say yes, um, Steve. You're supposed to be the owner, Vince McMahon, then act like it for once. So I have to turn my little. No, it was a, it's a great promo as you're turning the page. Uh, turn the a page. Lot of, yeah, a lot of good notes. Yeah, thank you, Bob Seger and Metallica. Turn the page. Uh, great musical reference. There. I turn the stone. So that's a different song. But no, so. there you go. Hey, turn the stone. The Rock is in the show, so that that works. Uh, no, but hey, I, I love the interaction between McMahon, uh, Paul Bearer, Kane, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Anytime you got all these characters in a ring together, and it was just. Uh, Unbelievable television. It sure was. And Vince goes on and said, well, you know, Austin, I, I'm, it's fine with me if you have this match, if it's okay with Paul Beer. Then Paul says, I'm okay with it if it's okay with King. And then uh, Stone Cold grabs a mic and says, finally, you're not in the shadow of The Undertaker. You're seven feet tall. You weigh over 300 pounds. Undertaker won the title. Um, the Undertaker won the title last night and handed it to your sorry ass. He's like, you didn't, you haven't beaten Stone Cold Steve Austin fair and square. I was a WF champion, but my big brother won the title and gave me the belt. He's making fun of, that's what you say that Kane's going to say, that the only reason champion is because of Undertaker. Yeah, because the Undertaker interfered, stuck his nose in the business of Paul Baron Kane, and he shouldn't have done that, uh, you know, with all due respect to Taker. I, I get it. But he ruined everything. That, that was supposed to be Austin's moment. So yeah. I, I think I like how it's uh, drawn the parallel. Yeah. I'm trying to have fun with it, but it, it's so true what we're witnessing. Well, it makes sense, too, because, um, you know, Kane's whole thing is against his brother. So Stone Cold is being smart, and he's like, listen, you know, your brother pretty much won this match. If you want to prove that you're better than your brother, beat me tonight fair and square. And that's all Kane wants to do is to be out of the shadow of his brother. So obviously... Kane's going to want to say yes to that. Is it a conspiracy? I think that's been a theme for a long time, and, and we're still seeing it played out. Yep. I mean, what's going on? Somebody hired Jesse know. Ventura. There's a conspiracy. Um, speaking of conspiracy, Sable comes out, and there's not a conspiracy that she's out. It's a conspiracy that she's uh, over there, and I'm more all the way over here. Um, I, I know, exactly, and I, I was just like the king. I was like... Uh, Hello and, and good night, and uh, boy, I love any time Sable comes out and please sit next to me at a commentary show, uh, and I'm very respectful. This is me being professional. I, I just, the blonde hair, the uh, the uh, the way the dress, uh, I'm getting distracted already. It's attitude years. I'm, I'm trying to have some attitude, some personality. Tyler, help, you, would help me out, on, you would focus on the dress. Yeah, I'm a loser. I, you know, I, I well, I'm, I'm trying to actually be commendable. I, you know, I'm, I'm it's corporate. This is actually before one corporate, so I could get away with it. Yeah, you're just trying to be a nice, young, civilized man. Well, Sable exactly. comes out. Darren's already in the ring, draws, and as she introduces a real man's man, Stephen Regal, who comes out and. uh 
Regal's famous in WCW? Wasn't he like a TV champion for? A he talk? was. He had just uh, came off World Championship Wrestling TV. So this was a big hire when we were seeing yeah. a lot of stars jumping uh, over to WCW from yeah. Vince. And Regal is a different type of talent. He's a lot of the technical um, powerless he uses to his ability. So during the match, Regal applies different chokeholds and he kicks draws, draws down as a clothesline and a suplex. And the end comes after a butterfly suplex off the top rope by Regal. And Regal applies the Regal stretch. Draws, taps out. What do you think of the debut of Steven Regal on Raw is War? I thought it was great. I, I love and appreciate the technical brilliance of uh, Lord Stephen Regal. And, and Draz exhibited some uh, good offense. And overall, Regal commanded the bout. Uh, the newly acquired star won, and I thought he had to. I mean, if he's going to debut, you want him to go over with all due respect to Draz. 100%, my friend. I agree with you. I think um, Regal looked great. I mean, that top rope German, I mean, Butterfly Suplex. Oh, my gosh. Um, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Great to see it. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a good debut, but, you know, it was good to see him. It was good to see him. Speaking of good to seeing someone, the new 1998 King of the Ring, Ken Shamrock, walks down to the ring. And uh, Ken, Ken, Ken says there's an old cliche, it's good to be the king. Competing in the King of the Ring has been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Ken says, Rocky, I got to give you credit. You showed me something. You stepped in one-on-one -on -one and did battle with me. That's when Owen Hart comes out. Owen says, I won the King of the Ring too, and I'll be the better king than you'll ever be. Uh, step into my court tonight and find out that I'm the real king. Ken then says, you broke my ankle a couple months ago. Only thing you have looking forward to is pain tonight. That's when Triple H and China come out. Triple H says, if you're talking about a match for Kings of Kings, let's make this a three-way. You girls up for it. And then Ken says, both of you can enter my zone. So, Owen, these three guys are trying to prove who is the real king of the ring. Who do you think is the king of the real king of the ring? I think they're all terrific. And I, I love this promo. And I like the idea of a triple threat match, which we would see later. Uh, I was just going to defend Owen. He wasn't trying to hurt his ankle. He was just trying to wrestle, be a competitor, and how dare Ken Shamrock, just because he came over from the USC, the audacity of challenging Owen Hart, and then Triple H coming out with China calling them girls was always hilarious. Leave it to a DX member. Uh, it was vintage Triple H, but with all uh, sincerity, I think anytime you get Ken Shamrock, Owen Hart, and Triple H together, it's going to be magic. I agree. Um, I'm excited to see what goes down with these two. Something I wasn't excited to see, but did happen, was the brawl for all, the first round. Marvelous Mark Merrow taking on Steve Blackman. I'm not going to lie, Tyler. I didn't really watch this. I didn't really care. But I do know that Steve Blackman got the win. These were all shoot matches, but I just wasn't really... I Into wasn't it. feeling it either. I, I think the crowd response was pretty evident. We want wrestling. That, that's why there is boxing. And this was one of those ideas that is still discussed now and not very popular among a lot of people who were there. It was just not uh, very well executed. I don't mind the shoot fighting top style, but it just it didn't resonate with people. And I'm with you. It was hard to watch it. And I, I love that Danny Hodge was in there. No one, hell, I like the old school stuff, but I think he was even bored with it, with all due respect to the competitors involved, because I know I was. 
Okay, yeah. move on. What's next? That was some yeah. of my questions. That's how I felt too, man. I was just like, I don't really care. It's you know, I, I get why they did it for like whatever reason behind the scenes, but um, as a viewer, I didn't care. So let's move on. Next, we have our Skittle Slam of the Week, and that's from last night's King of the Ring when China decided to nail Owen Hart with a DT. Damn. Yeah, poor Owen Hart just can't catch a break. China's one of DDT. I just feel so bad for Owen. Enough is enough, everybody. Yes, enough is enough. It's time for a change. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to get ready to change our gears, take a quick break, and come back. When we come back, we have a lot more Valvinas in action. We have the special Kings of Kings match, and Kane defending the WWE title against Stone Cold Steve Austin. We will be back. Stay tuned. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Uncensored Processing Podcast. I'm Ant. You know who that is. If you don't, already sure yourself, sir. Uh, it's Tyler Peters. You ought to know by now who it is because we're bringing the fire. And speaking of getting set on fire, Ant, that's a, a bad segue, but help me out. I'm making well, an attack. I like making the tag with you, brother. Uh, big fire segue. Kevin Kelly's interviewing Kane, WWE champion, who is backstage with his dad, Paul Bearer, and his friend, Mankind. And the gist of this promo is that Kane just says, I'm a greater champion than my brother Undertaker ever was. So one in just one night, he's a better champion than Undertaker ever was. Yeah, he's already done all he needed to do. Why, why wrestle again? That, that was just interesting if you look at it from that standpoint. But I, I like the voice box. It added yeah. more intrigue to I, his character. Yeah. And uh, uh, Kevin Kelly was, yeah. yeah, he was, hey, that was a great impersonation of it, uh, by the way. But, yeah, Kevin Kelly was uh, good, just like Michael Cole with these interview segments. He got him aggravated. Uh, and Paul Bear had to get on to Kevin Kelly. Why'd you do that? Or I'm paraphrasing. Something along those Stuff lines. like that. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Bear is always great to have by your side. It always adds extra elements to every little thing that he's in. I 100% agree, and not just because I'm a big fan and went for him as Halloween. I I am loyal to Paul Bear. I, what can I say? I'm Percy he's Pringle. He's the man. Yeah, Percy Pringle, whatever incarnation. Whatever. It's always going to be stellar with Paul Bear. Well, this is an incarnation that a lot of women like. Val Venus is out next to take on Dick Cota with the Yamaguchi-san. And uh, before the match, we see Val Venus smiling at Mrs. Yamaguchi-san. Ooh, and yeah. uh, Dustin Rose joins commentary. He talks about the Bible and how he's all into God and uh, you know, the Bible's good. And The match starts, and it was a decent match. Didn't really pay much attention to it, but Val got the win after a money shot. More important is what happens after the match. Um, Yamaguchi-san dances in front of, or I'm sorry, Valvinus. Yeah, Yamaguchi-san dances in front of his wife, and then Valvinus pushes Yamaguchi-san and nails Kai and Tai with cheer shots. So Val is trying to get with Yamaguchi-san's girl. Yeah, he's flirting with her on, on the ringside, kind of uh, reminiscent of Rick Rude going over to uh, Jake the Snake Roberts' wife. That, that's what ma made me think. I'm not going to compare that because that's a classic feud with all due respect to these gentlemen and to the lovely lady who was attractive. I, 
I couldn't get away with that. Val Venus could do it. Uh, but, yeah, if I were to do that, boy, she's go, well, wait a minute. Are you Freddy Krueger? Are you giving me nightmares here? But for Val, he could he could shake that physique. The ladies were all about it. They were, the ladies like, were happy. Yeah. yeah they, they were like, uh, yeah, you can say hello, ladies, to me anytime. I mean, Val was over in a lot of ways. Yeah. Over and hung. Um, speaking of things, uh, we have our Kings of Kings three-way match. Uh, Owen Hart. Taking the 1994 King of the Ring, taking on the 1997 King of the Ring Triple H with China, and the 1998 King of the Ring Ken Shamrock. And let's talk about some highlights from this match. Shamrock attacks Owen Hart from behind to start. Shamrock slams Owen's face into the announce table. Triple H nails a knee lift to Owen. Owen then checks out triple chokes out Triple H and Shamrock clotheslines Owen Hart. Triple H with a knee lift to um, Owen Hart. Owen nails a drop kick to, to Triple H. Pile driver, but Ken Shamrock breaks it up. Owen with a German bridge to Shamrock, and that gets a two count. A triple sleeper holds applied, and Owen nails a jawbreaker, a double jawbreaker at least. Um, Owen applies the Boston Crab and nails a missile drop kick to, I think, uh, Ken Shamrock. He applies a shooter on Shamrock. Triple H and sends Owen to the outside. Spinning heel kick by Owen Hart to Triple H. Owen nails a DDT on H. A lot of action here. This is probably one of the first Raw matches, I think, that I've seen that sort of, aside from, like, you know, maybe one or two that had a lot of action in it. Um, Ken Shamrock nails a Hurricane Rana and applies an ankle lock to Owen, but Triple H breaks that up. And the ending comes when China pulls Owen to the outside. The Rock nails Triple H with the Intercontinental title. Shamrock sends Owen Hart off the apron to the guard railing, and Shamrock pins Triple H. You know, kind of, he didn't cheat. It's no disqualification, so, I mean, it was kind of fair. It worked. It worked. After the New Age Outlaws attack The Rock until the Nation of Domination run down and brawl with D-Generation X, uh, and then Owen Hart applies the figure four around the ring post against Shamrock, and he uh, continues to toss Shamrock's leg into the ring post. So stuff to digest digest here. What did you think of the match? What do you think about the continual rivalry of the nation and DX and Owen Hart continuing to attack in Shamrock? I thought the match uh, was action packed. Like you stated, uh, Anytime you got Owen Hart, Triple H, Ken Shamrock. I mean, let's talk about the transition. I know Kurt Angles uh, brought up a lot with how he took the wrestling so well, but before Angle was even on the scene, uh, Ken Shamrock would be one of those prime illustrations. And I like how they were aggressive. I like how you kind of had singles matches where one guy was either taken out to the outside they, or a little bit of double teams, what have you. It, overall, it was a very uh, entertaining, thrilling contest. And, and I didn't mind the uh, Nation and DX continuing their feud and China getting involved. And I just want to say, Ken Shamrock... Uh, Talking about Owen Hart and, and his ankle, the leg, well, he kind of deserved it. As much as I like Ken, Owen Hart was going to prove, hey, Brett's not the only one that can do the figure four move uh, with the ring post. Yeah. yeah, just like with Brett and Austin, speaking of Stone Cold. So, you know, he kind of asked for that. I'm, I'm trying to be the bad guy here. Enough is enough. And it's time for a change. change. I can't help it. I love that. I love That's this awesome. new Owen Hart. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think what was cool about wrestling back then is that it all made sense. You know, not you didn't have to like read something online where you didn't have it back then, but like in newspaper or article, magazine, whatever, you could just find out everything on TV. 
you knew who liked who, who didn't like who. It was a simpler time. Yeah. Uh, we can enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, a lot of things are, you know, the news headlines anymore. You, you find out so much. And, you mm. know, I'd, I'd like to find that person or, or that group and give them a piece of my mind for, you know, spoiling everything, all the good surprises. That we're getting close to Christmas, and uh, I'm actually one of those people. I'm just making fun of myself, but. He, uh, his coordinate anger is getting triggered. Yeah, some of it. Uh, I haven't been to Wendy's yet. It's almost, it's actually past lunchtime. I'm getting a little hungry, but I wanted to come on this program because I'm so loyal to the Italian stallion here. So there you go. I'm even wearing a New York Yankee shirt. All the Mets fans, I, I love you. I appreciate you. Yeah, New York Police Department, that's even better. I'm a baseball fan, and uh, but I have to, it's a cool shirt, so I can't help it. I'll uh, wear a Mets one next time to show you my loyalty. I'm a Benedict Arnold. Where's George Costanza? The sign. I'm holding you to it, sir. You better be representing the Mets next time. Uh, I better be doing it, or I'm I'm gonna lose a lot of my friends, uh, which are only you and a couple others. That shows you how you know how many friends I have. I'm, I'm just being truthful. I'm I'm being honest. It's really <laughs> therapy on this show. Well, I'm glad I can give that to you. At least I give something to somebody. Uh, there you go. Something to someone. The Undertaker walks down to the ring and he wants to give us an explanation. And he says, I owe no one anything. I will tell you why I, I came to the ring last night. There is no love loss between me and Kane because of manipulation by Paul manipulation by Paul Bearer. Um time may come when we have to destroy each other. I'm not gonna let my little brother set himself on fire because he wants to be better than me. Michael Colden says, you may have cost Uncle Steve Austin his title, though, while doing that. Undertaker says, I did what I had to do. That's when Vince McMahon comes out. And Vince says, you have compassion for your brother. You did it because you think you can beat Kane for the title. You don't think you can beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. You are the most violent evil that the devil has ever placed on this earth. Hell hath no fury in what you will find if you interfere tonight. And that's a warning. So, Undertaker's claim is, I have nothing against anybody, really. I just want to see my brother set himself on fire, trying to prove that he's better than me. Vince doesn't believe it. At the time, you know, I, I know we talked about this before, do you think you would have believed, you know, that the Undertaker is really, just doesn't want to see his brother set himself on fire? You know, it, it was very fascinating to see The Undertaker in this light and the way Vince McMahon called him out on it. But I could see where Undertaker, even though he's always been this menacing personality, would have compassion for his brother, even as much as they've went to war, like he was stating, or having these uh, memorable battles. And I, I love how McMahon was reversing the psychology in this dynamic. It, it really provided a a very telling segment, which they were doing a, a great job, not just good. They were doing a wonderful job at, by the way. And it was uh, it was uh, really neat. So I, I liked it. I, I didn't mind the, the uh, McMahon-Undertaker interaction. It was uh, very good. Yeah, Undertaker and, and Vince had this chemistry. Uh, they did. I mean, that, I think that's that's a good word. They yeah. had chemistry, not just with wrestling matches. It could be backstage segments. It could be interviews like in the ring, on the entranceway, on top of the building, maybe out in the yard or something. Who knows? And it's almost like you're watching, like, a, uh, you know, pick the devil. You know, wh which one is more 
who can you trust more or less? Well, speaking of trusting, you can trust that the JVC Kaboom of the Week goes to The Undertaker sending Mankind off the cell. Why that came in the ring 1998. Cool moment, obviously. Oh, it's an iconic moment. I, I mean, we're still talking about today, if it tells you anything. Mm-hmm. We then get our Brawl for All match for next one. Bradshaw defeats Mark Canterbury. Uh, Mark Canterbury is Henry Godwin, one of my favorites. I, you know, he's very. Oh, cool. I, I love both these guys. It was just boring. I mean, even though it, they tried their best to make it exciting, it's just like I can't stand it. I'm, I'm gonna get on a rant here. This is and crazy. The thing is, it's not really like the wrestlers' fault so much because you know you go in there thinking you're gonna, you know, professional. You know, you're gonna wrestle professionally. You're not in there to be a boxer. So I think that that you know, if you don't know, like you know. Because boxing is also a sport as well as a form. And if you don't know how to box properly, you're not going to look good doing it. So I think that these wrestlers were told, you know, street fight. And just it was just weird and strange. And yeah. And it, as a result, it was sloppy. I mean, they, they were connecting it. And then, you know, to try to make them boxers like you were aforementioning there. And it was just not a good idea. And it just... I can't stand this whole uh, this whole concept, brawl for all. It, it did nothing. I felt yeah. bad for Bart Gunn. I mean, it, everybody talks about that knockout by Butterbean. The guy was on his way, and that ruined it. So that that really oh. aggravates me. I I'm I'm gonna need a happy meal, and I'm still not gonna be happy about it. I feel like Vince just wanted to prove that no one is touchable. That no one's untouchable. Um, I, I think Vince did, and, uh, you know, I hate to say this about a, another guy that uses the word bro, but I think he was involved in creative. That was the other Vince Russo. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Well, speaking of creative, Legion of Doom come down to the ring, and they would introduce their former manager, Paul Ellering, into the WWF. And Hawks says, times were tough for Legion of Doom, but with Paul Ellering, we will have a rebirth. Paul goes to talk, but the DOA come out. And Paul is like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I like to introduce to you my new team, DOA. DOA attack Legion of Doom alongside Paul Ellering. So a big double cross. I mean, you're a big uh, WCW NWA guy, so you know uh, Legion of Doom and Paul Ellering's history. Were you surprised that Paul Ellering turned on the Legion of Doom like this? It did come uh, as a surprise, but I liked it because uh, it didn't make it so obvious that, oh, here comes Paul Ellering. It's, it's a special reunion with Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, and we all know about their rivalry with DOA and the Harris brothers. Uh, but I actually thought it was clever to have Ellering uh, turn his back on him, uh, on his team, part of me, and a, a line. With the DOA, it probably gave DOA a, a little bit more ammunition because it, it kind of had uh, lost a lot of its uh, its steam to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole Legion of Doom, DOA, sort of similar tag teams. I'm more of an LOD fan, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, what a rush. Me too. It just, it, I think it kind of might have gotten lost with everything else going on. But it's okay, I guess. You know, cool to see Paul Ring back and involved in some of the storylines. Well, we are at our main event, folks. This is a pretty quick Raw. Not a lot happened on this episode. It, it went by fast. And, and not that they didn't go by quicker before, but this one really felt like yeah. a, a quick episode. It, very, very abrupt. Good. It sure was. Abruptly ended. 
Uh, so the WWF title is on the line. The champion Kane with Paul Bearer defending against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Here are some quick notes. Austin punches away at Kane, nails a clothesline. And then he nails a clothesline off the apron onto Kane, sends Kane into the ring steps. Kane then stops and chokes Stone Cold in the corner. Kane sends Stone Cold into the steps and the guard railing. Paul Bear ends up hitting Stone Cold with his shoe. Uh, Kane has an uppercut to Stone Cold outside. The Undertaker walks down to the ring. And Stone Cold hits a stunner and pins Kane to become the new WWF champion. However, after the match, when Stone Cold you know, is holding the title, Undertaker gets in the ring, and Stone Cold nails a stunner on the Undertaker. Um, are Undertaker and Stone Cold even? I mean, Undertaker got involved last night at King of the Ring. Um, you know, Stone Cold is just sort of saying to Austin, I mean, to King, I blah blah blah, to whoever Undertaker, whoever you wanted to, whoever be. it was, you know, sending a message, Undertaker, like, don't get involved in my stuff. So, what do you think about that? I thought the match was fine, it, it was another one that entertained. I, I was interested in it just because of the people involved. You had Stone Cold, Steve Austin, you had Kane, Paul Bear, and The Undertaker, and Vince McMahon, as we saw that opened the show. A lot uh, factored in it to end it, and I, I thought that it was smart of uh, both Kane and Austin to work more aggressively. It fit their styles, the way how athletic both guys were, and uh, I liked how Austin had to try to take him off his feet, work the legs like we see Ric Flair do. I mean, he was using a lot of that similar strategy, and it was overall a a solid match. And uh, to have Austin win the title back so quick was uh, didn't really catch me off guard, but it talk about kind of being a little shot just knowing Kane first won it uh but you know what it's setting up for uh with Undertaker and Austin definitely a lot of unfinished business even if you think they're even we're not through yet um I'm looking forward to I agree I thought it was a uh a good match great to see Undertaker come out great to see Stone Cold get his hands on Taker you know it's going to be interesting to see what plays out oh it will be very 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 interesting well, next, our next episode of Agile Years will be episode number 36. We Raw's War Live in State College, Pennsylvania on July 6, 1998. The summer of 98 is heating up. It's on fire. I mean, we, we were talking about it. Kane wanted to, you know, put himself on fire. Where's the gasoline when you need it? Pour it on him. Um, also, we have the next uh, Agile Years pay-per-view Fully loaded in your house. It's going to be big. That's going to be epic. Uh, fully loaded is going to bring it. Sure does. Just like Tyler brings it, I bring it. We bring the heat. Hey, what what can we say? When you, you know how to bring the fire, I mean, that, that's all you really need. All you need is love. Um, That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles said it perfectly, just like Ant was singing it. He reminds us we all need love and we all need wrestling and we all need the attitude years. Dude, you are the bomb. Thank you for joining me, Tyler. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, We will be back soon with our next episode of attitude years. Stick around and uh, be safe. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.